0: This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. A now, if I could back On 93.7 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in, kids. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. Sunday Husker Rewind every Sunday, 5 to 7. Mike Melby sits there. I sit here. We look out at the beautiful streets of Lincoln at 11th and 0. Brand new studios here for 93.7 The Ticket. I dig these studios, Mike. Oh, I do too. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, the tailgate <laughs> was here this weekend. I meant to, to come by for the tailgate, um, but I hit a few others. Nebraska, Michigan, a lot of good food. The football, not so good. <laughs> it, it, um, yeah. I, I picked uh, I don't know if we did it on the show, but like af- at least after the show, I was like thinking, for some reason, I was telling people, because everybody asked your prediction on the on the game. I, was, I said, 31,17." And I later thought, that's not right. That's not right. I, I, I just don't have a good feeling about this game. And I would tell people 48,10," and they said, "No, no. no, it's going to be close. It'll be very close. I think you're right. Michigan will win." going away in the fourth quarter. It'll be close in the third. They're not explosive. Uh, they have some weapons, sure. Uh, McCarthy's good, but they're not going to blow out Nebraska. And I go, I just don't have a good feeling. I, yeah. I don't know why I don't have a good feeling, but I said 48-10 to 10 after I had already said 31-17. And 48-10 to 10 wasn't uh, far off. <laughs> no. It wasn't far off at all. Now,
1: if Alvana would have made a field goal and Michigan would have simply <laughs> yeah. uh, scored another touchdown instead of a field goal and then missed the extra point, you would have nailed it exactly.
0: <laughs> I I don't feel good that I <laughs> that I nailed it exactly because, um, I, I sh- for sure, I wanted Nebraska to win, and I thought, well, you know, if everything goes right, uh, Nebraska has a chance to hang around. I think that tip pass though, right after Michigan took it you know, on the opening kick and they converted a couple of fourth downs. They get the touchdown and then Nebraska throws the pick with Harburg, you know, getting the tip ball. He had several tip balls, by the way, by my count, four that day. And, and that was one of the questions that was asked to um, Matt rule after the, the game. You think you need to work on his delivery and and you know what? I'm not going to do that. And it's some. you know, it's like working on it with a picture pitcher once they're in it and they've been doing it forever. It's hard to change a throwing motion. I mean, that was one of the things that Mario Verduzco always said. Oh, we can change his motion. Luke <laughs> McCaffrey, I know he's not a quarterback, <laughs> but we can change his motion. We can make him a great yeah. thrower. And most guys, you just can't. No. And I'm not one of those that says that Harburg's a bad quarterback. I think he actually throws a pretty decent ball. He throws a really good slant. Um, and against that team, he threw for nearly 200 bo- yards. He didn't get a lot of time. Nebraska had no running game. They don't have a lot of threats outside of Thomas Fedoni. I, I think Washington, Marcus Washington's okay uh, at times. And I think that um, Billy Kemp is... But they just don't have enough. They don't have enough weapons for Harburg. Uh, and let's face it, Brett Favre could have been the, you know... Joe Mon- who Pick your favorite quarterback of all time. Nebraska wouldn't have won.
1: No, but I mean... <clears throat> like Marcus Washington had a couple of drops yesterday that um, you just can't have. I mean, any game, let alone against, you know, the number two team in the country, they had a
0: lot of drops.
1: And I, yeah. The other thing, a lot was made about, um, especially early in the game and, and a little bit by the announcers, uh, watching on television about, uh, Henry Carburg is seven out of his first eight. And the only one that was incomplete was the interception where it was knocked down at the line of scrimmage. And, uh, one of the slimmest defensive tackles in the history of college football picked it off. Um, <laughs> that was a large human being. Holy smokes, man! You, you um, what, I
0: think he was. He's six three,
1: three thirty nine. 339. I if he's only three thirty nine, I don't know about that. At any rate, regardless, well, he's seven, is <laughs> slimming. Yeah, he, he's seven of his first eight, but at the end of the day, he goes seven of his last sixteen. Um, his accuracy accuracy was better. Um, and the, the other thing, if you take the two big plays out, the 74-yard run by Joshua Fleeks and the 59-yard reception or 53, whatever it was, well, by Marcus Washington, how pathetic
0: was the offense? I mean, it, that's just unreal. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. I didn't expect it to be good. I, I thought the only way that Nebraska wins it is to you know play Iowa boring football, you know get a special teams touchdown, maybe get a pick six, uh, run it well enough. To keep the chains moving, burn time. But then I then I saw Michigan. I mean, th- they did anything they wanted to. Uh, those fourth and ones were. I mean, th- I don't even really think they showed anything against Nebraska. I think no. they were they were playing pretty close to the vest, even for a conservative Michigan team. I, I don't think they, they they showed anything. That's no. a creative offense, though. And I don't think there was one place on the field where Nebraska had an advantage. I, I, I couldn't. I mean, maybe you could say Fedoni. I don't think that's the case. They have, they, you know, they have all-American tight ends coming out the wazoo. So I mean, they're loaded at every position. Nebraska didn't have any advantage hey, anywhere in that game. Speaking of wazoo,
1: how about Friday night upsetting uh, the Utes? Holy smokes!
0: Yes, <laughs> that w- that was uh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Um, too bad, too bad they don't have a conference next year. <laughs> <laughs> that how about that? By the way, the Pack. The Pac-12 is going away. It might be the best conference in college football this year. Yeah,
1: up until Utah getting upset on Friday night, uh, they had the number seven, eight, nine, and ten ranked teams in the country. And uh, oh, by the way, um, number seven, eight, nine are coming to the Big Ten next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's something we'll talk about <laughs> later in the show. I think the Big Ten might be the best conference in college football, and it's it's not even a might be. They are the best twenty twenty four on. Uh, you're gonna even this a- year. Even this year, I think it's the best conference in the, college football. The top
1: four in the Big Ten are really,
0: really, really Yeah, good. It, the, depth, well, the
1: depth of top the Big three, Ten. The top,
0: three are, the top three are probably three of the top seven right. in the country. And the I, depth I'm sorry. of the Big Ten is terrible. Uh, the Big Ten <sighs> West is really awful. Is. Oh, the Big Ten's ouch. awful. The Big Ten West is awful. Uh, but even Maryland, throw in them as a fourth team. That's the fourth team. Is, and
1: they're, not a, they're not a top ten team, but I'll tell you right now. Um, with the defense playing the way it
0: is for Mike yeah. Loxley, that, to me, that's a top 15, top 18 team. We still don't have a sounder for the opening kickoff, so I'm just going to oh, do gosh, my I forgot about Jackson. That. As you know, I had a
1: weird, uh, frustrating week, so I didn't do some stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a you had a nutty week. You've had a nutty year. You've yeah. had a, a crazy year, Yeah. Uh, but you're a survivor, that's for sure. Uh, So it is time for the opening kickoff. Yes, indeed, it do is Mike (laughs) Melby. On Wednesday, the Nebraska football team picked up
1: commitment number, I believe, 25 for the 2024 class. Eric Ingerson, out of Papillion flips his commitment from Pittsburgh. This was one when he committed to Pittsburgh shortly after Matt Rule took over. Um, I think a lot of us, you and I even on the show, were talking about, yeah, we'll see where he signs, man. It's a long time until next December. He's the seventh in-state recruit, the Husker's, have a commitment from so far in the 2024 class. I expect them to get an eighth uh, in uh, Caleb Benning, but I think uh, I think Benning commits. Yeah, I think he does too. But um, it's it's a it's an interesting class. Uh, obviously, missing two guys that would have literally I think made Nebraska a I want to call it a, a pushing for a ten win team next year. Two guys that. Had very serious interest in Nebraska, being Dylan Raiola and, and Brandon yeah. Baker. Uh, Riola's going to Georgia. Baker's going to Texas. But, you know, if, if somehow, some Can't blame way... either of them.
0: No, but the if somehow, some way... They're so, both getting $2 million deals. I, I don't know what Riolas were turning out to be. But it sounds like Baker was getting big money from Texas.
1: Yeah, and that's the whole thing. That's where, you know, if you're going to want to you bring in guys like that, then... Uh, that's where the NIL, the collectives, come together, and they yeah. start figuring out Tom how to Pied. get bigger. Tom
0: Pete, if you're listening, bigger checks, open the wallet even bigger. Yeah, I know, there you, go. And, you know, you have a couple billion. <laughs> he <laughs> has a couple billion. I think uh, he's good for it. He could, he could shell out even more than that. If Nebraska really wants to get where they need to go, they're going to have to do a little more. I mean, I know that they're serious about NIL, yeah. but they're going to have to get crazy serious, yeah. about NIL. Uh, Nebraska volleyball team,
1: man, I'll tell you what, they faced more adversity this weekend than they had all season combined, uh, but they still come away with two big road wins. Friday night, a five-setter over number 17, Purdue, and then last night, a four-set win at Indiana. The, the loss—they They lost in the first set for the first time this year, both nights, so a little adversity there. And in the second set last night, Nebraska down one set to love, John Cook had to use five green cards. He was successful on every one of those
0: challenges. I love the fact that, unlike football, you get a challenge. You get to keep your challenge if you don't lose. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah, I, I completely I agree. I shouldn't be penalized if you're a knucklehead. Like, if I get the challenge right, I should keep my challenge. And I get it that, that all, all of those calls, all
1: five that, were, that went Indiana's way initially and were reversed to benefit Nebraska, I get they were close calls. But last time I checked... We're playing in the best volleyball conference the world has ever seen. Yes. And I don't care what level the team that you're playing against has, where that, whatever. It's the Big Ten Conference. You're the biggest, the baddest, the best in volleyball in the world. How do you not, how do you have officials that blow five calls against one team in a single set? I, I don't care say, how
0: close they were. I will say this it is not an easy gig. I, I, would, not be not good. I would not be good at it.
1: I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying you got the best teams hands down and wait till next year when you bring in UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington. One of the national title matches that Nebraska lost in the last 10 years was Washington. Um, But like, how do you not get at least one of the
0: five missed calls that went against a single team? A couple of those calls, I thought Nebraska got the benefit of the doubt on that there was a couple, there were a couple balls that I thought were out That Nebraska got the benefit of an in after the replay. Yeah, I. But it is amazing that he was he's ten for ten on the season. John John Cook is ten for ten on challenges. He had to go to Vegas, right? Yeah, um, I'm going to
1: throw out a prediction, and if I'm wrong on this one, I'm going to be stunned. Merritt Beeson is going to be the Big Ten Player of the Week this week. Uh, She set a career high last night with 22 kills. She had 19 on Friday for the weekend. She hit just under 400. She added 21 digs and six blocks as well. Uh, Harper-Murray, not a bad weekend. 21 and 17 kills respectively in the two matches. However, 10 service errors, including 7 last night. Uh, that's something that Harper's got to get corrected. And I, I actually thought they were going to put Maggie Bosinger in uh, as a service substitute for her. Uh, they did not. But regardless, she is one of the most talented young ladies playing volleyball in college today, let alone the fact that she is a true freshman and has only played in 13 matches now. So,
0: Well, if it keeps up, you know that they're not going to continue to let her serve all the time. They're going to bring in somebody like... Bo Singer or Kennedy or well, Kennedy or is already coming in yeah. for um, who's she coming in for Andy Jackson. That's true. Uh, she' um, so. she's, she's a serve sub, but uh, I mean, you know, he won't let it continue to happen, no. but she is really hard to take out of a game because she can kill it from anywhere. The, anywhere. Back, the back row attack from Nebraska's Harper
1: Murray and Merritt Beeson. You tell me the last time we had back row attackers that, that were that devastating with their attacks. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's almost scarier than when they're hitting from the front row at times. The angle that they get is insane. So we'll talk more about volleyball next hour with Tanya hockey over the weekend in the top 25, number 19, Oregon state, as we mentioned a little while ago, upset Utah on Friday night, uh, 21 to seven, Georgia survives a scare at Auburn. Winning with a late TD, 27 20. Number 11, Notre Dame knocked off. Number 17, Duke in Durham, North Carolina. Number 20, Ole Miss bounces back after last week's loss to Bama with a 55 49 upset over number 13, LSU. And Kentucky, unranked at the time, upsets number 22, Florida, 33 14. All other top 25 teams won as they were expected to. And as of last night, um, I don't remember exactly what time it was, probably about 9 o'clock for the first time since 2016. Mike Melby was happy that the uh, baseball playoffs were about to start because his Texas Rangers uh, clinched their first playoff berth in seven years last night.
0: That's amazing. I was excited. <coughs> and this b- isn't this isn't one of those high. I mean, they they they've spent a lot of money in the past. Oh, they spent a boatload of money, dude. And and in Seager, many years they wasted. Trevor Seaman, it. and they brought in Jacob Degrom, yeah. Max
1: Scherzer. I mean, they they've got a, one of the largest payrolls in in baseball, but they also have Bruce Bochy who was their manager this year versus I don't even remember the dude last year, but he was awful. Uh, They only won 68 games last year.
0: Yeah, a lot of years is, I guess my point was, a lot of years it feels like Texas is just burning cash. This year, they're actually using it correctly. Yeah, they did. So there's
1: 12 teams that are going to get play uh, in the postseason. They are Baltimore, Minnesota, Texas, Atlanta, Milwaukee, the Dodgers, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Philadelphia, Miami, or Arizona. One of them is going to win the World Series. Of those 12, Nine of them have won a World Series title. Three of them have not. And if it's not my Rangers, because they're one of the three, I am rooting for the Rays or the Brewers, just because share the wealth, man. I'm a long-suffering baseball fan. My team's never won a World Series. We yeah. had I, The Giants smoked us with Bruce Bochy as a manager, by the way, uh, back in the, the aughts in the mm-hmm. 2000s. And then the year before, they had the Cardinals beat Game 6, but they decided to pitch to Albert Pools. Who would have known? Yeah. He would have hit a home run. He's pretty good. I don't know everyone outside of the guy there making is. the call to pitch to him. Sure. Um, regardless it's been a long suffering fandom for me since 1974 with the Rangers uh but if they can't win it I hope the Rays are the Brewers dude because their fan bases are in the exact same
0: but I'm uh, rooting for the Rays I just think they their fan bases though don't I don't feel sorry for the Rays fans because they don't show up I mean they're in <laughs> I know. Florida I know. they have a great <laughs> product and they still won't show up the, to watch it and the, and the 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 uh stadium is beautiful I, right. I mean it's it's like it's
1: gorgeous. It, yeah, they're, and they're, it's in Florida. It, Have you heard? That's really, I don't really good. Yeah, know. Yeah, baseball is not a really big uh, big draw there. Which is funny that the Tampa Bay Lightning actually like it's they, an obsession. They do, they do down well. There with the Lightning.
0: They do really well, but the Rays do not. I can't figure it out. Well, it's hot. It's hot outside. True. Uh, so it's cool in the in the rink, but not so much outside. Uh, but isn't it a don't? Isn't it retractable? What is it? The, I'm trying to think of the Rays stadium. Is it retractable? I'm not. I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. That's sad that I don't. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. Let's uh, kick off the show. Talk a little Husker football before we get to Stephen M. Sipple of, of course, uh, Husker Online. Uh, we'll talk to Stephen M. Sipple. He wrote about uh, the lack of fight in the game the other night. I I rewatched the game, and I. Uh, and there were a few questions. They they never asked the word quit because I I did I didn't see any quit in the team. And I rewatched it again. I did see a team that was dominated by grown men. I that's what I saw. I saw uh, Riley Van Poppel, a true freshman. You, you saw Prince Umenyemelon. I mean, he was playing a lot, uh, but he's not he's not as big. He's not as strong. It looked like they were just manhandled by a team that has been through the ringer a couple of times and has a lot of experience. No, and, So and, if that's the question that a lot of people are bringing up tomorrow and throughout the week, I disagree. I don't think this team quit at all. I
1: don't know that they quit. I, it just, the one play, I'm not going to say who it was, um, for Nebraska, but go to the fourth and one first quarter, second drive of the game for Nebraska. They're inside the 10 yard line. You're playing to win and on, top of it you got a field goal kicker that's not going to make the field goal anyway uh it's time for timmy bleak road I, I don't care who's kicking well in practice bleak road has shown that he can make him in a game tristan alvano just simply is not um i think I, he's I, going to be a good kicker yeah, but i, I think I it's too, time to move but on it's time to move on this year
0: or at least open up the competition
1: again <laughs> yeah. um but on that fourth down play the defensive player that made the stop on harburg wasn't harburg Or it wasn't the defensive player. It was the guy that he blocked into the hole that Harburg was trying to get to. The problem is the Nebraska offensive player started on the edge of the line. He got blown back five yards, not into the backfield, straight across the line of scrimmage, into the hole that Harburg was trying to get to, to sneak. And he ran into his own damn guy.
0: They originally lined up to go under
1: center, and then they called a timeout. And I thought that was stupid. Waste of a timeout. And again, this goes to game management and play calling. Complete waste of a timeout, especially early in the game. And if you're going to call the timeout, kick the damn field goal. And then especially to come out where you're going to try. Like, I, I did not get that. Harburg under center quarterback sneak, go up, quick snap, go. You get
0: it, you don't. I, I, I have no problem with, problem with that. And they've been very successful exactly. doing that Exactly, they've this year. had success doing it. And then it. put somebody behind him to push him. I mean, you can do that's it now, now they, in college that's football. That's what they did.
1: The only problem is that when, like, our entire, yeah, take two, our entire offensive line got
0: owned on that play. Well, um, we know that the offensive line has been a problem. Uh, I know that Matt Rule said a lot of things in the offseason to support his offensive line, as he should. But it has not been good. Uh, And I didn't expect it to be good men versus boys, which is what it was. It seemed like it. And and that's, to get back to the original question, that's why I thought this is going to be a blowout. But I don't think, especially after watching it again, that Nebraska quit. I don't think it was a lack of effort thing. I just think it was a team that is on a mission that is michigan versus a team that is doesn't know how to win and that's nebraska a little bit I, there was a tentativeness from the that, opening snap that's fine snap if you want to say that, that. And, I'm not, and i'm not saying
1: they they quit they didn't give effort i'm not saying tentative any of that tentative is fair there tentative was, is totally fair they just seemed tentative like every like they had to think about what they needed to do or wanted to do or should have been doing every single snap all day long it, it, it just they they seemed like they were um you know, you've rebuilt your motor, and the problem is you, you, you hooked your spark plug wires up, and you switched two of them. The motor runs, but it's sputtering, and
0: you can't figure out what's yeah. going on. That's what it felt like. But we knew going watching. into the season that's what it was going to be. But that motor uh, not, still is probably good enough, as sputtering as it is, to win six. I'm just talking but, yesterday alone. Oh, I know. The, the, the outside of Jeff
1: Sims in, at, at Colorado looking completely had the moment too big for him. Yeah. Outside of that, I didn't think we played tentative in any game this year other than yesterday. It just yeah. seemed like they were, I don't want to say they were intimidated, but it, they just didn't seem like they had that. The, every first step had desire and purpose and they knew exactly what they needed to do. Maybe
0: It reminded me a little bit of watching the U S and the Ryder cup this weekend. Like the, the moment, <laughs> it
1: wasn't that bad.
0: The mo- well, <laughs> it was a wipeout. It was uh it was a domination by the euros. It was a domination by Michigan. Uh, The U.S. was never in it. Nebraska was never in it versus Michigan. It felt similar in that capacity. We'll talk uh, a lot of Husker football, obviously, and a little Husker volleyball next hour. Plus some basketball. With Tanya Taki. Yes, uh, what happened uh, Friday night, the opening, what do they call that? The opening celebration. Opening night. Opening night, whatever it is. Uh, If you were there, love to hear from you. We have a phone line.
1: Yeah, 402-464-5685 yep. is the uh, Honda of Lincoln hotline or the sartor Heyman text line. If you're lo- watching us on the stream, it is the Sarter Heyman live stream. And coming up here in moments, the Allo VIP line is going to be occupied by Mr. Stephen M. Sippel.
0: That's right. Next, it's Husker Rewind. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens. More after this.